The Athletic. Totally Football Show, European edition. Today, Bayern go union busting, but Dortmund strike again. In France, PSG play the Marseillaise, but there's no revolution as the top dogs keep their heads. We've got Madrid derby news. We've got news from Serie A as well with Napoli. How many clear? And much, much more in this Totally Football Show. It's Tuesday the 28th of February and it's one of those special Tuesdays when we get everybody together in the studio. That's right. We've got Alvaro Romeo. Hola. James Horncastle. Hello, James. Julian Laurent. Bonjour. And Raphael Honigstein. Hello. And you, listener, crucially. Hmm. Jules, what happened last night? The FIFA, the best. Uh, Messi mm. was voted best player of the year by uh, FIFA and by his peers. How many votes did Cristiano Ronaldo get? None. Zero. None votes. Nada, Surely as someone who is Paris-born and bred in French, you don't recognise this breakaway competition or awards I was ceremony. invited. I was, I was going to go. <laughs> of I course. couldn't have because I had a few things to do. But <laughs> right, Podcast. Yeah, yeah radio, red carpet was going to be nice. Mm, all right, you know, Messi yeah. was there. Kylian, his, his dad. And yeah, loads of nice people there. And okay. people not there, of course. No Karim Benzema, no Cristiano. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. A few others. Uh, you, re- you mentioned that you wanted to mention something about the best. Yeah, but I think what's really sad is that um, David Alaba, for example, who's Karim Benzema's teammate at Real Madrid, uh-huh. was racially abused online on social media by Real Madrid fans because for the, f- the the vote in the FIFA best, they make public, so you can you can see who voted for who. All right. And Alaba, the Austrian captain, uh, showed that he w- voted for Messi, and he had to explain after all the abuse that. It was a collective vote, him and the squad. Mm. Uh, and why, uh, why were they abusing him for voting for Messi? Not, and not for Benzema. Oh, so I Real Madrid see, fans right. were really angry at him right, and being yeah. racially abusing him because yeah. he didn't vote for his own teammate. And instead, the Austrian vote went to Messi, which was not Alaba's vote. It was the Austrian vote. Very much right. It sounds very Eurovision. The Austrian vote goes to... Yeah, yeah. But, that, <laughs> but, but you know, I find it really sad for something that whether you agree or not that Messi was the best player in 2022 or not, or if you think Karim was, you can't, can't do Do you think Karim yeah. was? <laughs> Up to the World Cup. Um, I mean, this again, it's over two seasons. It's the end of last season and the beginning of this season. It's, I think it's very difficult to, to judge. Mm. But you're absolutely right. Jules. It's just not nice. You know, it's terrible. Karim didn't mind. So he said to Alaba like this, and I don't care. There's no problems yeah, at all. You vote for who you want. But yeah. to be racially abused because you, you know, come on. Yeah, it's almost like any excuse. Mm. Yeah. Ooh, speaking of uh, the best, I don't know who Alaba voted for in, in, in this category, but I want to know who won the best goal, the Pushkas Award. His name is Marcin Olekski, and he plays amputee football, and he scored a beautiful goal mm. on crutches. It was a bicycle kick, yeah, beautiful. You have to watch it. Yeah, he pivots on one of his crutches. And then overhead kick. Overhead kick against Stahl, Rizro, something like that. Mm. Very nice. Everybody else have a nice time Monday night, did they? <laughs> well, there, wa- there was an award for a Spanish player. Oh, yeah? Alexia Putellas, the best... Uh, Female player, so yeah, there you go. And she's been injured for over 200 days, and still she has earned the respect of everyone around her. Very good, very good. Hey, how about a quick random moment of the weekend, Rafa? Moment of the weekend was... <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? You always it? say that, so it gives you time. <laughs> yeah, because, no, no, Rafa was busy texting me. I don't know what was going I'll on. I don't know what happened to, again this weekend, so... To, Get listeners a bit excited, <laughs> right? And not yeah. just go straight Suspense. in. You have to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know where you're heading with BS this, but just say it. You have to just show. say it, right? <laughs> level of BS on these shows. You have sometimes. to caress them first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry. God. Anyway, okay. um, <clears throat> moment of the week. Yeah. Hoffenheim Dortmund James. Oh yeah. Oh. A shot, a free kick for Marco Royce mm-hmm. goes in off the back of Julian Brandt, mm. and why is that important? Apart from the Euler's got back joke. Nice. Because Dortmund, with that goal, went top of the Bundesliga. Mm. Only 24 hours. Right. 
admittedly, but it felt like a very momentous occasion and a milestone in their comeback since the winter break because it was a seventh consecutive win in the league. Marco Reus, nee, als Flanke gedacht und der Ball rutscht rein. Der Ball rutscht rein, ein halbes Eigentor vielleicht von Baumgartner. Wir nehmen Marco Reus als Torschützen und Borussia Dortmund geht hier in der 43. Minute durch jeden Freistoß von Marco Reus. Und Brandt lacht, dann wäre sein achtes Saisontor. Right, an off-brand goal, you might call it. Nice. nice. We'll hear more about that and the Bundesliga title race very shortly. Alvaro. My moment of the weekend is um, from a fellow Spanish and Uruguayan called Alvaro Rodriguez because he did score his first goal in La Liga for Real Madrid and it was in a Madrid derby as Raul did uh, when he scored his maiden goal in La Liga too. And um, Ancelotti after the game he said that Alvaro Rodriguez is going to belong to Real Madrid first squad from next season onwards. This season he started at Real Madrid C, Juvenil A, with under Álvaro Arbeloa. Then uh, he moved to Real Madrid B, Castilla, mm. with Raúl. And, you know, he has basically broken all the development stages just by, while playing a derby from Madrid. He didn't start, but he did score a goal, a draw for Real Madrid. And this player called El Toro, or nickname Del Toro, he's a very big guy. Um, and I think that he has a chance to play uh, more for Real Madrid because... Karim Benzema won't play every single game and uh, they've got another player in the squad on holiday. Who, his name is Mariano. He never mm. plays and I don't even know if he wants to play. So I think that there is a big window of opportunity for this guy, Alvaro Rodriguez. Remember the name. Mm. Alvaro gonna Alvaro. James. James, I always like a goal that catches the match director by surprise so much so that you don't actually get to see it. Mm. That's what happened on Monday night when Fiorentina played Verona and... I don't know what happened, but we were being shown sort of replays of a foul that had led to a free kick. And then when they went back to live pitches, there was Cristiano Piraghi, the Fiorentina fullback, sort of running over to the corner flag to salute the traveling Fiorentina fans because he just scored a free kick from inside his own half. Good Lord. Lobbing the goalkeeper. Uh, Love it when that happens. Mm. Um, And yeah, Fiorentina winning for the first time in a couple of months in the league, scoring as many goals in a City A game as we've got used to seeing them do in the Conference League. Mm. Uh, they're a very Jekyll and Hyde side. Uh, but lovely goal. Um, go and search it out. Viragi. Nice. Jules. I will go for um, the Mediterranean derby between Monaco and Nice because Nice won 3 0 away. DJ Digar, uh, the Middlesbrough legend, is doing an amazing job since taking over as a manager. Uh, and it was really nice to see Sir Jim Radcliffe in the stands, mm. uh, being very happy, celebrating with his son and and seeing his team winning away across the road, really, uh, in Monaco, who, after the defeat against Bayer Leverkusen on penalty in the in the Europa League playoffs, it's really bad week, really, for them. Bad week for the Monagas. Yeah. Sort of fracking great week for yeah. Jim Radcliffe. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Mm. All right. Hey, that sounds like an interesting topic for discussion. Let's get on to that and League 1 news, first of all. This is the Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network and sponsored by LiveScore Bet. You can get the latest football betting odds at LiveScoreBet.com. It's over 18s only. Please bet responsibly and be gambleaware.org. All right, Jules, you had Nice picking up their first win away at Monaco in nine, nine years, years, but you also had at the top of the table Le Classique. So Paris Saint-Germain in crisis, yeah. returning to the Velodrome where they got done by Marseille in the Cup yeah. only a couple of weeks ago. No Neymar, no Hakimi, nope. pressure on Galtier. Yeah. But they got their best result in, what, ages? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the performance as well to go with it. It was amazing. Uh, Kylian Mbappé and Leo Messi, really the masterclass, them two together playing in a, in a 3-5-2 formation up front together. Two goals and an assist for Mbappé. Two assists and one goal for Messi. They were just, they were just incredible. Marseille started well and it was nil-nil until they had, a ch- they had a couple of decent opportunities at nil-nil. And then the first goal happened on the kind of Marseille press so high and play so high, such a high line that they were done by Messi and Kylian. And after that, it was just one team on the pitch. It could have been four or five nil up at some point. Yeah, Kylian killing them on, with his Massively. pace. And that, that third goal, talk us through it. Yeah, the third goal. I mean, the aircon was already on by then in the velodrome. Like, you know, <laughs> uh, it was very early. Uh, at the start of the second half, it's just, to be fair, 
PSG beat the press well. They were well press resistant, which we hardly seen this season against Bayern. They struggled, for example, to keep the ball under pressure. This time they did it quite well. Vitinha had his best game, uh, and some would say that maybe the fact that Neymar wasn't there is an explanation why Vitinha felt liberated a bit. So did Fabian Ruiz. Uh, and then Messi and Mbappe up front combining so well with Nuno Mendes, especially on the left-hand side. And that's what happened on the Messi goal. And, and again, on the third goal where Mbappe found Messi, who just gave it back a one-two with a little dink over the defence. And then mm. Kylian hit it volley with his left foot. which was So good. perfectly executed. So amazing. Uh, and, and the first goal as well. Because I have yeah. to say that I, I watched like five or six times the move of Kylian Mbappe. It's incredible. I mean, he was galloping, first of all, diagonally and then frontally. And the pass of Messi is good, but the run of Kylian Mbappé, I mean, it's incredible that a guy uh, who is a professional like the rest of the players there, he's so physically superior, it's incredible, and his move was fantastic, really. I watched yeah. it four or five times, I loved it. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's a diagonal run like every striker really uh, is taught to do when mm. you're a kid, because that's how, one, you, you know, offside, and two, and you can see with Eric Bailly defending his things, that Mbappe is behind him and the next thing he knows that Mbappe being so quick is in front of him. The ball is right. Uh, the ball is good, like Alvaro said. Mbappe equal now Ilson Cavani as the, um, the, the, the all-time top goal scorer for PSG with 200 goals. Uh, only four headers in the 200s because his dad, Wilfried, always says football is on the floor. <laughs> you, don't, you don't do headers. You don't, you don't play in the air. Football is always played on the floor. Uh, so he will maybe improve that, but yeah, 200 goals is pretty special. All right, Messi, meanwhile, reaching 700 career goals in this game. I think four Club of level. those are headers probably as well. Yeah, it? probably. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's only one that counted a lot in the Champions League final, right. of course, but... But yeah, not many headers, I would think, for Messi in the 700 club goals. Exceptional. I mean, an amazing milestone, really, for, for, for both of them, especially for Messi, who looked, who looked amazing. But it's not in every game that you would play against a team with such a high line defensively. I okay. Mean, People now are saying that this is the template against Bayern in, in nine days. Mm. Um, Will days. Neymar be back for that game? No, I don't think so. All and right. then the big debate now is actually, is this team better to certainly to play like that without Neymar? Against a low block, you can have Neymar because technically he will bring you something. Right. But to play against Bayern when they will have a high line and they will press you high into your own half... It's probably better to play the same formation and play the same idea. PSG essentially playing on the break or scoring the goals on on the break against. Yeah, uh, you see the high line. So they 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 beat the press by they didn't play long, mm. but they they had to beat the press and build up from the back, beating the press from Marseille and mm. then yeah finding all that space in. Bayern Bayern with the goal lead though from the from the first leg will they will they offer those kind of opportunities to PSG? They offered a few opportunities in the first leg mm. uh, late on, and the the line is high. And judging by what they did on Sunday, we might see a return of a back four rather than a back three stroke five, which might give more opportunities to uh, to PSG. But it also looks, makes Bayern look better going forward, in my view. So you lose some, win some. But I had a feeling that Neymar's injury was not going to be bad news for, for PSG. And um, it could make them just a bit more stable and cohesive as a team. Well, they're now eight points clear of Marseille at the top of Liga, ten points clear of Monaco, who, as Jules was mentioning, lost three nil at home to Nice. A couple of goals from Moffi, and then another to Ram. Yeah, Kefren, the uh, the younger one, twenty one, mm. so younger than Marcus. Lovely, lovely goal as well. He's going to be an amazing player. He's he's a bit like Jude Bellingham in a way that he's he's tall midfielder, really strong, but also very gifted with the ball that can run, that can that can defend, that can attack. You know, he's got all of that. The next move will be very important. And I think his dad knows it as well. And, and so does Kefren. A bit like with Marcus, to be fair, even if he's got a contract for a few more years. But I think the idea very much is to go to the next step in the summer. So it'd be very interesting to see where he goes. I think he would suit the, the Premier League really well. Mm -hmm. He would go, he'd do mm -hmm. well in Germany. I think he likes... The, the, the Turam family likes the idea of going from France to Germany first and then and then after that, you know, using the Bundesliga as another platform to go even higher mm. after, like like it worked for Marcus. Italy, maybe, after. Yeah, maybe a better league. Like, uh, but, but no, Both yeah. Both Italian-born, of course. Palmer born and bred. Yeah. 
Yeah, Paris raised them because they they moved to Paris very very young. Let's put mm. it that way. Murphy's opening goal was quite nice as well. It was lovely, and especially when you know he's the the um, he's the most expensive player ever. Is and that right? so to mm. for Serge Ratcliffe who play, paid thirty million and had not seen Murphy scored yet uh, to be in the stand at the Louis II uh, in that incredible huge crowd on fire. Uh, to see him score two goals, yeah. and you're right, the first one really, really lovely. The second one as well, quite similar, again, uh, using the, the Monaco High Line, was really nice. When you pay that much money, you won't return on your money, and if your star striker starts scoring, it's even better on the, on the derby. Certainly is. 3-0 victory, Didier Degas, who looks quite like Ginger out of the first series of True Detective. Do you remember the biker? Biker guy, yeah. shaven head, long beard. <clears throat> It's a look that inspires respect, I would imagine, from Nice's player. And he's yeah. certainly, players, he, he certainly had an incredible record since taking over from Lucien Favre. The first game in charge was that 6-1 win over Montpellier. He's had eight games in total, hasn't lost one, won six of them. In those eight games, only two goals conceded. They're nine points off third in the Champions mm. League positions. They believe, really, and he's, he's done amazing. He was, he was always really bright when he was playing. He was a PhD player. Of course, and then, like we said, he went to Middlesbrough, uh, then to Betis. He had a good career in Spain as well. Um, but he was always very bright and you could tell that there was a manager in there because he was also very adaptable to all generations. And I think this is one of the reasons why he's successful now and maybe was more su he's more successful than Fav. Fav struggled with the younger players very mm. much. So th that younger generation, I mean, Fav voos everybody to start with in French. He, he what, sorry? He, he voos people. So... Um, oh, he, he uses vu. Yeah, right, he uses okay. vu. So right. even with the seventeen-year-old kids, right. he says he, instead of saying tu like tu vas bien, right. he goes vous allez bien. Like if it was a, right. an older person or someone that he never met before, <laughs> like you do, like it's far more polite to use the mm. vu. Um, and this is which is for me like it was just father and young generation just don't match anymore. I think. Right. But with the guy who was a lot of fathers have that problem with the younger generation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> very good. The uh, guy was the reserve coach, so he had a lot of that young generation, and he looks really cool. And he's cool. He is and he cool. speaks like them too. So yeah. how old is he, Jules? He's forty-two. No? He's my age. Is he? Is he, 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 he looks born younger. in nineteen eighty? Looks younger. He might be younger. Hang on. Mm. Voulez-vous? Uh -huh. There you go. You want to sing some Abba now? All do right. You? Yeah, you do. Incredible. Just topical. Rafa no. was uh, suggesting no, that he didn't... 36, sorry. 36, yeah. all right. There you so go. he's 36, a bit younger than me. Yeah, but anyway, so uh, Rafa, ABBA, yes, no? What's your favourite ABBA song? Uh... Mm. Okay, we'll come back <laughs> to that really one. Don't really have one. <laughs> let's hear about the Bundesliga then. Oh, no, let's just get a quick check on how Will Still... He's getting on. Is he still on that unbeaten run with rats? He's still on fire, James. Incredible. Ooh. They won 3-0 uh, against Toulouse this weekend. They played so well. He told the Japanese international, uh, as, you, as I know you like your Japanese things, uh, doing really well, scoring a lovely, lovely goal. And they're just, they're just unstoppable. Him and Degas have brought really like this new like breath of fresh air oui. in Liga in terms of manager. Both of them still obviously costing their clubs huge amount of money because they don't have the, the uh, badges so they still they still cost their team twenty thousand pounds for every single game they're on the bench uh, but it's worth it because both nice and Reims are doing really really well so well done to them lovely stuff anything else Jules, or should we move on to the bundesliga just another derby quickly mm -hmm. uh, Rennes won at nantes one nil which ah. is good after the disappointment they had obviously against shakhtar in europe on thursday so well done to pep genesio and his players all right and pep genesio's ren will be taking on marseille next weekend Indeed, big yeah, game big game because they're not far behind are they the nope, top three nope, themselves yeah. mm. Jules, on the subject of french football one breaking bit of news is that uh, Nola Great has resigned. Finally, we got him. Finally. Okay. Who is Nola Great? Nola Le Great is the uh, head of the French Affair. Mm. He's been the president for a very long time. Uh, he's 81 years old, completely clueless now on what to say, what to do, how to run a federation, how to behave himself with uh, women, with men as well, to be fair, uh, but especially women. So there's a catalogue of uh, mistakes that he's made in the last few weeks, few months, few years. So he was pushed out, really. Uh, he resigned this morning, but he was pushed out. Uh, and yeah, finally, he will be out of French football. He did good things, to be fair, for French football at some point mm -hmm. in his career. Uh, when he was at Guingamp, and then he was the league uh, president, then obviously the French FA president. But the last few years was unacceptable. The things they would have said, mm. such as there's no racism in football, 
the behavior and the attitude that he had towards women especially but also the whole toxic atmosphere within the French Federation which they still had results for men and women's football but overall yeah it was a terrible way of running the FA right who, who do you think will be stepping in so Philippe Diallo who was the vice president who was chosen by Noel Legret before uh, but he's a very different kind of character will be the interim president now until June the 10th where we will have the next elections and then if you want to uh, be a candidate and you know get the backing you can but it will be quite Are open. Are you not standing for it, Jules? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not this time. I thought about it hard, and mm. I had a lot of support. But I thought, uh, you know, my life is here for now. To be fair, that's nice, you, Jules. But no, there will be a lot of candidates, and it feels like it needs it needs a fresh start with a new chapter. Someone that maybe even is not in the federation right now. Mm. So unlike Philippe Diallo, for example. Voila, Arsene Wenger. And I don't think that's his thing. No. But maybe some people like, yeah, you. I mean, the name, I can say names, but you, people don't know them. So well, no okay, point. don't worry then. Yeah. Bundesliga next. Drama in the snow. This is the Totally Football Show, sponsored by LiveScore Bet. With Bet Builder from LiveScore Bet, you can combine markets from thousands of options to create your own bet on the biggest football fixtures in the Premier League, the Champions League, the EFL, and around the world. So if you think you can successfully pick the first goal scorer, the final score, the total number of corners and whether there'll be a red card, then use BetBuilder from LiveScoreBet to make up to six selections and get a single bet with the combined odds. Or if you can't make up your mind, you can choose from the pre-built quick bet options. BetBuilder from LiveScoreBet. Building a bet just got easier. Find out more at LiveScoreBet.com or by downloading the LiveScoreBet app on Android and iPhone. It's over 18s only. Full account terms apply. And of course, please bet responsibly and be gambleaware.org. We're all driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You can use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. According to their own survey, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. Remember the last time you were hiring and how slow and overwhelming it was? Well, you don't need to go through all that again. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent. And because you listen to The Totally Football Show, Indeed is going to give you a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash totally. That's I-N-D-E-E-D.com slash totally. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed at Indeed.com. This is the Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. The Athletic is the only place you can read articles by Daniel Taylor, Amy Lawrence, Phil Hay, James Pierce, Ollie Kay, and the very best football writers around. Yeah, Blizzard in Bavaria, Rafa, as the top two faced each other, Bayern Munich taking on the upstart Union and uh, handing down quite a slap, quite a slap down from De, De Recordmeister. De Recordmeister. <laughs> Yeah. Both is fine, actually. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they did. It was a statement win. It was very much sort of, uh, okay, this was fun, guys, but now the party is over, and here we are. And Daddy's home. Just forget it. <laughs> that sort of stuff. Yes, James. Um, <clears throat> it was interesting because it came after a week where Bayern didn't have a game. Of course, Union had played mm. that Really exciting game against Ajax. Dumped Ajax out of Europe. To get through, but I think it took a lot out of them. They weren't quite at their best. And Bayern not only had a lot of time to prepare, but also used the time for one of those get-togethers, team meetings on Friday night. And a lot of um, honesty and open words, but also, you know, respectful... No, Abba, as far as I know. <laughs> Not that kind of record, Meister. <laughs> Respect, <laughs> nice. Respectful debate. Right. Um, and maybe it's just a coincidence, but I don't think it is. The result was Nagelsmann A reverting to the classic buying system of the 4 2 3 1, which has really been the system for the last 10 years, give or take a few experiments. And Thomas Muller. 
back in his main role. And this was, of course, after the week. You remember when he was substituted only uh, after only 10 minutes in the defeat against Gladbach when Dario Pomicano was sent off and he was sacrificed. So both Müller and the system, and especially them together, worked really well to really deliver one of the best performances from Bayern. They looked so dominant, not just going forward, creating chances. They should have easily scored five or six goals in this game. But also defensively, they were actually really super solid. Okay. And in Müller's words, uh, you know, we often look as if we might allow teams chances this season. Today, we didn't. And that was the big difference. Uh, Thomas Müller, uh, certainly with the assist there for Jamal Muziala, was that also him doing that magnificent uh, flick on for Chupamuting for the opening goal? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he should have scored himself, yeah, but big he, miss, he had two big misses, really, mm. um, or three, if you count that uh, good save with the head, the first uh, save with the head from Ronald. But yeah, he played really well, and Bayern did, and Kingsley Coman had a fantastic game. He was probably Bayern's best player on the right, but again, I think that was partly helped by the system to have two players on the flanks because the fullbacks obviously keep push really high. I think it's easier um, for for the wingers, then if they play in a in a five, and they're built isolated at times, uh, with no one really behind them, no one really in front of them, and it worked really well. And of course, they have Stuttgart next away, and then the big one. And there is a sense that the team and the manager are beginning to gel a bit better. Mm. I think that's, that's this week. The Last week way. it was quite the opposite. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Uh, but that's why the, the perhaps that needed that big team meeting and that clear the air meeting. And mm. uh, it looks as if it was very productive. Excellent. They are top, but only on goal difference because the Bundesliga's form team, Borussia Dortmund, continued their unbeaten streak. They are the only team in a top European league that has won all their competitive matches since the turn of the year, Borussia Dortmund. And it's latest one, one nil at Hoffenheim, who stay stuck in the relegation playoff place. Yeah, they've been impressive. It wasn't all that dominant and convincing the game, but it was exactly the sort of game that they would have drawn last season or perhaps even find a way of losing. But no, they held on. They, um, as you said, had seven wins in a row, nine if you include the Cup and the Champions League first leg. And for once, Gregor Kobel, the goalkeeper, came out after the game and said, you know what, let's not. I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically said, let's not pretend that we're not playing for the title here. We are top of the table. We should be looking at the championship. And this is unusual because teams have been conditioned almost in the last 20 years to say, mm, I'm not sure. Bayern, they're so good. Don't know. And, you know, whether ultimately works or not is almost immaterial. It's just nice to hear somebody say yes. We want to win the championship and we can win the championship. And I think everyone benefits from a little bit of uh, spunk and a little bit of... Uh... What? <laughs> is that the right word? Yeah, no, it, it, it is. <laughs> Absolutely. You is. know what I mean. Uh, yeah, no, or, or too well. Uh, next up for <laughs> Dortmund, RB Leipzig. Are Leipzig also Ooh, in the title nice race? game, that. Mm. Yeah. They're playing Dortmund on Friday. Mm. And they had a good win on Saturday because they beat Frankfurt. And Frankfurt are really good, although Napoli, to be fair, made them look fairly ordinary. So it was a really good win for Leipzig. They had a good first half. Second half, they struggled a bit as Frankfurt came back. And again, there's something a little bit novel about this game on Friday night because I can't remember. And my memory is bad, admittedly, but I'll have to go over the last sort of 10 years and think when was the last time that there was a genuine sort of contest between two teams who can win the Bundesliga and not neither of them is Bayern mm. and that that will happen on Friday night when uh, Dortmund take on Leipzig at home and yeah it's a huge game especially in the context of um, Dortmund then traveling to Chelsea on Tuesday to probably be seen as favourites to go through at this point right. um, which in itself is quite remarkable. Leipzig of course have a second leg away at the Etihad to come after that 1-1 draw. What a remarkable performance it was, especially in that second half against Man City. Yeah, they really came back strongly. They 
they were poor in the first half. City dominated them. They had no out ball. They immediately lost it. And then something strange happened because in the second half, they just actually just went a little bit higher, pressed. And City somehow, they were just... I mean, Guardiola said they played really well. They controlled the game, but they basically stopped playing in a way. Mm. And it was just Leipzig, Leipzig, Leipzig. And in the end, I thought the, the draw was well-deserved. Well, well yeah, they could have won, no? They have a... A small chance, not a huge chance, but a small chance to still cause an upset. All right, well, they've got Timo Werner back in form. Goal and an assist in the 2-1 victory over Frankfurt. No, not not so much. He's he a bit lucky on the goal as well. Yeah, he still doesn't look quite right. Mm, I agree. Um, he still hasn't reached the heights of the player that we saw at Chelsea. Scoring <laughs> before Chelsea, scoring 28 <laughs> goals. That Ian Julian Nagelsmann. Right. The um, system was different as well. No? Timo Werner is too too much on the left now. I think he's always that's his preferred role, mm-hmm. inside left as a second striker. He he loves that because then he can cut in and he needs the spaces, so he doesn't want to be too central. But somehow, just I don't know, he still looks a little bit low in confidence. Mm. It's a shame. Oh, Jurgen Klinsmann's got a job. Yeah, he's going to South Korea. The South Koreans, I know, were looking for a big name. Mm. They asked um, Capello and got a no. They asked a few others and Klinsmann seemed to be up for it. What made them choose uh, Jürgen Klinsmann? I don't know. Why are you laughing? (laughs) I just find it such a No, there was obviously obviously, um, sort of a fascination with somebody who had already done something special at the But what about a good manager, maybe? Oh, Jules. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think, I mean, Klins- I I think Klinsman is a good project guy. Okay. And if he has a strong assistant coach, strong on the details, strong on the coaching, the <laughs> to do the, <laughs> the, the details, coaching. as Joachim Löw was right. yeah, of at the time, then I think it can, can work. Well, it'll be interesting to see who he brings with him. Uh, there you go. Uh, anything else from the Bundesliga, Rafa? Yeah, I think we have to mention Schalke winning briefly. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it was only their third win of the season. Wow. They'd had these four nil-nils we talked about, I think, last week. And now they beat Stuttgart and suddenly they're only four points adrift from from safety, which is a remarkable comeback under Thomas Reis. Also, statistically, I looked a little bit at their underlying performance data and they've really improved massively from a team that was basically outshot outchanced if that is a word but you know what I mean every single game to a team that now has games always even so they can have a realistic chance of winning every game almost uh, on average so huge improvement and it'd be great I think if they stayed in because the Bundesliga is a better is a better league with Schalke in it even if Schalke are miles away from the team that was fighting for titles Mm, uh, about 10 years ago Stuttgart, the team, uh, they beat just on the other side of the dotted line above Hoffenheim there, but it's very tight down the bottom. Above Schalke, you've got four teams separated by just one point. Uh, Borchum, Hoffenheim, Stuttgart, Hertha. Where a Köln, you ask? Köln. <laughs> Köln. There Köln are in mid-table. They're in 12th place. They're taking on Bayern next week, aren't they? Is that right? No, Bayern are going to Stuttgart. But Köln Köln are playing Union Berlin. Ooh. Union Berlin. (laughs) (laughs) That's enough. Uh, Bundesliga pronunciations. Let's uh, try and wrap our tongues around La Liga next. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. 
you're listening to the Totally Football Show with James Richardson, sponsored by LifeScore Bet. You can get the latest football betting odds at LifeScoreBet.com. It's over 18s only. Please bet responsibly and be gambleaware.org. Alvaro! Woo! Real! Real Madrid drew in the derby with Atletico Madrid. Barcelona then blew the chance to go 10 points clear when they lost against bottom three-side Almeria. Let's talk about the derby first of all. Of course, uh, none of the top four won in La Liga, by the way. Ooh. So Real Sociedad also lost against Valencia. Mm. But yeah, the game of the weekend was uh, the Madrid derby between Real Madrid and Atletico, especially after what happened at Anfield. Um, it looked like Real Madrid was very, very favourite to win this game, but it wasn't to be. In fact, I think that Atletico de Madrid was as good as Real Madrid, maybe not um, dominating the play, but still uh, capable of... Uh, Minimizing Real Madrid, just uh, Los Blancos couldn't have many chances. And I think that uh, there was a moment in the game that also was very crucial, which is the send-off of Correa, mm. because uh, he was sent off um, when the game was still nil-nil. By the way, 90 red cards in La Liga. Um, I think that in Serie A we have had 40, and in the Premier League and in Germany we have had even less. Right. But, you know, uh, the Spanish referees are tremendously strict, yes. But Real Madrid got a point. It looked like a bad point. And then at the end, it was a very good point for them because Barcelona lost on Sunday. That uh, elbow controversy and Simeone gesticulating, Mm -hmm. uh, Simeone gesticulating, that would have been a really good moment to bring in the apex height stat because (laughs) there was a massive difference between Rudiger and Correa, as as Simeone pointed out. Yeah, there was a massive difference. And I think that, honestly, Correa couldn't believe his eyes. Couldn't believe his eyes, but, uh, you know, he... He just did that. And was he aiming for the face but hit him below I, I, because he I, couldn't, I, I, couldn't actually get I, I, up I, I, there? expected a, apex height. Which are the odds of Correa just hitting Rudiger? He needs basically like a ladder just mm. to, to hit him in the face, basically. I don't think Correa was intending to do anything very harmful for Rudiger. He just wanted to get rid of him. But... But they yeah. had to send somebody off from Atletico Madrid, didn't they? Because they always do. And the, Yeah, and uh, for example, Savic in the last Classic, uh, no, Classico Madrid derby, who was sent off. And as I said before, in La Liga, referees mm. are very strict. And that's the thing. The last five players sent off in this fixture, all Atletico players. There you go. And that's why Simeone was uh, clapping at the box where Atletico de Madrid's owner was, mm. Gil Marín. Because I think Simeone knows that he has to put some pressure on Real Madrid and everything that's happening. And Atletico de Madrid, after the game, sent a really strong statement uh, saying that that was what happened in the game was regrettable and that they always suffer this type of uh, refereeing decisions when they play against Real Madrid. Uh, he even questions the integrity of uh, La Liga referees and after the Enriquez uh, um, Negreira thing. And the truth is that uh, Real Madrid can be also very um, exigent with referees. Mm. If you watch Real Madrid TV, and it's an exercise that uh, I recommend to Spanish-speaker people who are interested in how um, you can pressurize a referee. It's very interesting because in the previews of the games, Real Madrid are singling out the referee, and they are talking about him, and they are talking about the decisions that that referee has made against Real Madrid. So, you know, in the same way that Barcelona, they are investigating them, uh, they have done something terrible. It's true that Real Madrid, they don't do anything terrible or illegal, but the pressures of two referees in Real Madrid TV are incredible too. So I think Simeone wants the same pressure from his own owner uh, towards the referees as well. Okay. Despite going down to 10 men, Atletico took the lead in this game before Real Madrid came back with that, uh, your friend Álvaro Rodríguez. Modric con la derecha, la pone al primer palo, Milito. Y gol, 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 de el chaval de Alvarito. El chaval Álvaro, vaya cabezazo. Buen gol, 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 de Álvaro, al primer palo, anticipó y se la cambió directamente a Blas. Marca Álvaro Rodríguez, marca el Madrid, marcó Álvaro, marcó el Madrid. 18 years old, yet another hot prospect from Uruguay. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he could have played for Spain uh, because he was born in Palamos, but mm. his parents are... Uh, Palamos is in uh, Catalonia, but his parents are uh, Uruguayan. And <laughs> no? so I went mad. to Palamos in June. Me too, I went to Palamos <laughs> like before. Did the rhythm take you over? <laughs> <laughs> Never been to Palamos. <laughs> Never in my life. 
Bade, chi se pre chi looks like a pretty good player. Eh, he was Ricky Martin or I think it's Enrique Iglesias. Enrique Iglesias. He would have gone to Palamos in short. Te quiero. No me olvides. Argentina. Mm. Apex I, mean, I know it's tall and it's big, but the yeah. exp- apex height of the uh, the jump was really, really, it's a, he- it's a head of a header. I'm just looking at what the song is actually called. It's Bailamos. Bailamos. Okay, we, we, we dance. Yeah. 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 Bailamos. Oh, was that Diego Simeone's final derby in the capital? <sighs> Question. Mm. I think that nobody can really tell because Diego Simeone will be the owner of his own future. Mm. But from the club's point of view, there's not a move to start a fresh chapter? No, it will be very unlikely, very unlikely that uh, they sack Diego Simeone because I think that Atletico's primary target is to qualify for the Champions League, just mm. to get the finances of the club right. So I think that as long as Simeone keeps on doing that, it will be his own decision, really. Okay, they're currently fourth, but they're only two points ahead of Real Betis, Man United's next opponents in the Europa League. Oh, um, lost Nabil Fekir. That's it. Yeah. The, so uh, sad. Maybe he's the best player of Betis. Maybe he is. And mm. uh, he won't be available because he did his ACL again. Ah. Again, yeah. yeah. Against so poor Fekir. Hmm? <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> the guy is hurt and then you like just pour more misery on him. Uh, next up for Real Madrid in cup action is the Copa del Rey semi-finals <laughs> and that's on Thursday when they take on that Barcelona woof that Barcelona uh, that Barcelona who lost to Almeria in yeah the what weekend. happened there Alvaro uh, a few things uh, Xavi said that it was the worst game of the season for them mm. and I think that it became clear again so obvious that Barcelona has 11 good players who have to start every game if possible right. and then the rest of the players they are uh, significantly worse and I think that Xavi may got it wrong uh, when he fielded the defensive line because he used Sergio Roberto Eric Garcia oh. and uh, who else was there? Jordi Alba who is not that bad but all together with Araujo they don't or with Christensen they mm. just don't work they just don't work and uh, the truth is that if you add up Pedri's absence, uh, who is probably the most important player in Barcelona not the best necessarily but the most important uh, and Dembélé, of course, but Dembélé has a clear replacement. Rafinha, he's not as good, but he offers the same profile. But Pedri is the one who sets the tempo of Barcelona. And then the defense was a makeshift defense. Mm. So I think that Barcelona just uh, lost a massive chance of uh, getting 10 points clear of Real Madrid. They remain seven points, which is not bad, but it hasn't been a great week for the Catalans. Of course, knocked out by Manchester United uh, the previous Thursday. What, what was the reaction in Spain to Real Madrid's uh, astonishing comeback at, at Anfield? Five unanswered goals. It was a, thinking back. It was a little. It wasn't unlike that Germany Brazil game, or the, or even the Bayern Barca, in the sense that you had a couple of early goals, felt like the game could was pretty much there for either side, and then bang, just one team almost scoring for fun. Yeah. Uh, Plenty of pride by Real Madrid media outlets, that's for sure. And also admiration, I would say, uh, by by the rest of um, us neutrals, I think, because what they did was very special. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not that you start scoring the goals uh, and cork the game yourself, you know. Mm. Uh, it was Liverpool who scored two goals. Then there were a couple of turning points, and everyone, I think, recognized that. Vinicius um, cutting the deficit to 2-1, and then Militao scoring 3-2 uh, in, the, in the second half. And, um, you know, for the Real Madrid fans, this is taken pretty much like another gift by Real Madrid because uh, last season in the Champions League, they went through an adventure that they couldn't have expected. Mm. Just uh, coming back in every tie against PSG, against uh, Liverpool, no, not against Liverpool, sorry, against Manchester City, against Chelsea. They came back after winning at Stamford Bridge, but then at the Bernabeu, they were virtually out for a, mm. for a number of minutes. So this is like a, another little gift from Real Madrid to them. Let's see if in the second leg, uh, Real Madrid mm, has 
the right game plan because you know uh, it's very tempting to defend in that game after having won 5-2 at Anfield but I don't think that they will really I think Real Madrid will take that game mm, with a similar approach to um, the way they are taking some other big Champions League games Gotcha a little bit of Valencia news Alvaro because they, they got their first win in 107 days very important for them uh, they couldn't score but Real Sociedad scored an own goal and um, you know I think that uh, the team needs results right now. It doesn't matter how they play. It doesn't matter how they get it. And uh, sometimes playing at home can be a, a hostile thing for Valencia, uh, not because the players are getting booed or uh, slandered by their own supporters, but because the ownership is not liked. And sometimes Valencia supporters, they just uh, let uh, Valencia's owner know as much as they can, especially outside the ground. But they got a win, and um, you know they are going through a difficult moment because Gaya, the captain, is not there. He picked an injury. I think that this is a good start, and also for Rubén Barajas, his first win in La Liga mm. as a Valencia manager. So yeah, we can say that it was a very positive weekend for them. Okay, excellent. Uh, next up, let's hear about best league in Europe, Serie A. Woo! <laughs> We're sponsored for this episode of the Totally Football Show by Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform helping you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, which is up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. Plus, you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. And what's more, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 support is there to help your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Now, because you listen to The Totally Football Show, you can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash totally, all in lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash totally to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. That's S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash totally. This is The Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Whoa, City are. Many teams try and take them on in European competition. Do any of them beat them? Not last week. Not across the last two weeks in Europe, James. Seven wins out of seven, James. Well, actually, wasn't there a draw? There was a nil-nil draw for, for Lazio against Cluj. So, but they still go through. If you want to count that, yeah, yeah, I suppose. But yeah, the best week in Europe on record since 1991. All right. Was that a good time for Italian clubs, 91? A very good year. Mm. Although... Only one of them won a European trophy that season. Only one. That was Inter against Roma in the UEFA Cup right. final. I wonder how many will win a European trophy this time around. We'll Clean see, eh? sweep, James. <laughs> it's going to happen. We'll see. We'll see. Hey, uh, I mean, Napoli very much among the contenders for that Champions League. And they don't have too much to worry about in the league uh, now that they are 18 points clear. They were 2-0 winners at Empoli, despite going a man down. And Inter, their nearest rivals, coming into the weekend, went and lost... To the former hero Thiago Motta's Bologna. <coughs> yeah. Thiago. Bologna seven, no? Seven Future table, Paris Saint Germain boss. Yeah, he's doing really Jules. well. Mm. Only one defeat in seven, yeah. Seven, yeah. 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 Nice Since the end of October, they have the third best record in Serie A. Right. Um, I mean, Inter had a great record coming into this game. They were unbeaten in six. But what happened? Well, Inter's away form this year has been a, a real concern. Um, they can't keep a clean sheet uh, on the road. Um, I think in terms of goals conceded, they're about fourth or fifth bottom in Serie A when it comes to playing away from San Siro. So that has really kind of held them back in their efforts to, well, not stay in the title race because the title race is is run. Um, But given how tight things are between second and seventh, um, there's some jeopardy there. Uh, for for the clubs uh, that are trying to stay in the top four or qualify for the Champions League next year. So that's not great. Um, Inzaghi sort of rotated his team a little bit after that 1-0 win against Porto in midweek, which was really big for them. There is this sense that under Inzaghi, Inter, well, all Inzaghi teams are cup teams. You know, They win Super Cups, they win Coppa Italia, they make progress in Europe. Um, but in terms of the consistency that they need to win league titles, 
it's not there. Mm. Milan are now level with them on points. 18 behind Napoli after their 2-0 win over Atalanta. That's four straight wins, four straight clean sheets for Stefano Pioli's side who are... Who are back. Milan are finding consistency and they're keeping clean sheets again. Uh, they were the best defence in the league last year with Napoli and they've gone to this back three. It's a very young, quick uh, fast twitch centre-back trio uh, of Tiao, uh, Tomori and Pierre Calulu. And uh, yeah, I mean, Atlanta limited to three shots all game. Uh, an Atlanta team that, uh, you know, put eight past Salernitana. Um, so yeah, that's pretty encouraging. Uh, also, 41-year-old Zlatan yes. coming off the bench. Just, <coughs> he looked good. Because he can. And Magic Mike was back as well. Magic Mike was back, but Zlatan looked good, I thought. Zlatan was in great form after the game as well. Um, he was asked about uh, Rafa Leao's contract and whether he's going to sign a new one. And Zlatan said, look, I'm practically playing for free these <laughs> days. What more does he want? He can have my house if he wants. <laughs> so great to see the charisma of, uh, of old Zlatan um, still still doing the rounds. Um, yeah, Particularly because... I. I he could be playing in Qatar, Saudi Arabia, mm. like Cristiano, uh, and instead he's not. And people will say, okay, well, what's he done over the last 18 months apart from have a really bad knee injury? But he's someone who has a really positive effect on the dressing room, on the training ground. He kind of has helped a very young team blossom in a way that I don't think Cristiano did at Man United. Mm. Um, and, you know, it, that's not something that will... I don't know, be marked on his palmares or his curriculum as to what he's done. But I think it is quite important in when you look at Ibra's legacy that he has this really impressive, positive, intangible effect on a group uh, in the way that other superstars with massive egos don't. So, chapeau. Chapeau, Ibra. Roma can join Milan and Inter. 18 points behind Napoli if they beat bottom of the table Cremonese on this Tuesday, the one we're recording on. Of course, they did get beaten by Cremonese in the Cup. They just, did. Uh, what, last month? They need to get revenge, James. Mm. Cremonese, though, still winless in Serie A. Winless in 30 games now. Jeepers. If you stretch it back to the last time they were in the top flight 26 years ago. 26 years ago. Um, and so, yeah, they don't want to uh, sort of beat those records nobody wants to beat I hear with Ancona and Vareses, the, the two clubs that have gone for longer winless runs in a single season um, but yeah not looking good no okay well Roma with a win there as I said will we'll move into top four that mix well yeah part of that mix for the it's crowded uh, it is crowded isn't it and what a huge game coming up this Sunday for Roma when they face Juventus who are also playing today, being Tuesday. They're going to be up against Torino in the Turin Derby, another huge game. Can't really talk about that. It'll probably be underway by the time you hear this, uh, listener. Why was but this on Tuesday, by the way? Sorry. I think because <clears> they <throat> played last Thursday in the Europa League. Yeah, right? just spread yeah. it out. Do you remember when they played Nantes? Do you remember that? I remember that. <laughs> the teams that play Thursday play Sunday. Why do you play Tuesday? I don't know. But anyway, they are. And then they're going to play next Sunday. Will that be live on BT Sport with you and I on Sunday night? Oh, I will indeed, James. All right, Roma Juve. Quite a big game, and particularly for one young Argentine. Young Argentine? He's quite young, isn't he? Paolo Di Bali's 30. You're kidding. <laughs> Is he 30? <laughs> he used to be young once. Yeah, 10 yeah. years ago. But he looks like a teenager. That's he does It's deceptive. Yeah. Right, have yeah. we talked about who he looks like? Erin Yeager from Attack on Titan. Erin Yeager from Attack on Titan. Attack on Titan. What's yeah, Attack on Titan. Attack on Titan. Aaron Yeager probably looks like Paolo Dybala. Uh, that it? might be the case. That might be the case. I have no idea. This is have you not seen it? Uh, Attack yeah, maybe, on Titan. Maybe, maybe. What Aaron is Attack Yeager? on Titan? Oh my God, it's like an anime thing. Yeah, yeah, it is an anime. Oh and God. with Paolo Dybala as a, <laughs> as a, a, I've got no a boy with a giant, yeah, yeah. a giant who eats people inside him. <laughs> okay. Right. Yes. 
Not a true story. Okay. Great skin. This is a window yeah. into how Jimbo Let's spends move his on. spare time. No, yeah. It's a big show among the on. youth. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like Paolo Di Paolo. Very much so. He probably watches it and goes, oh. Well, Paolo has <laughs> already played against Juventus earlier in the season. He set up Tammy Abraham's equaliser in right. a 1-1 draw at the Allianz Stadium. Mm. Uh, Juventus played very well for the first half an hour of that game and then did what they do, which is tail off. Um, curious, though, to see if his... Um, well, there was a bromance, wasn't there, when they were teammates at Juventus between Paolo Dybala and Paul Pogba. Right. He's in the squad for the, the Turin derby. Pogba back in the squad for the Derby de la Mole. Mm. We don't know whether he's going to play or not, but... But now Paolo's yeah, big bromance yeah. is with Tammy. Indeed, but... Um, and, you know, they, they don't have a celebration in the way that uh, yeah. Paolo and Paul used to. They always look for each other, though. Yes, they do. Yeah. I mean... Tammy, it's difficult at the moment with that mask and with the one right. goggle eye, yeah. um, which he's had to do after being taken out by his own player mm. and almost le- losing an eyelid. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's got this incredible hybrid mask, which kind of looks like the one that Victor Osman has, but also with a Edgar David style. Ooh, there's goggle. a guy in Attack on Titan who's got like a really similar. <laughs> no one cares about Attack <laughs> yeah. on Titan. Looks yeah. than, uh, it looks better than Pedro's mask. Yeah. Last night, Pedro's mask was really. I mean, it's big to start big. with. It's like all. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Not the first time that Pedro is wearing a mask, by the way. He played Chelsea a few times with mask. Okay. Yes. Yeah. He likes it. I don't know. Is Pedro an Attack on Titan character? I don't know. <laughs> sure, find one. Um, but yeah, Juventus Roma, watch it Sunday night. Galazzo, BT right. Sport. With all the goals from the weekend, there'll mm. probably be some really great ones as well. Um, before the big kickoff at uh, 7.45. Nice. Hey, I think, uh, does that cover all the big talking points from the week in Syria? Yeah, I think so. All right. Unless you want to go deeper on Bologna or not. Ooh. Do you want to go deeper on Bologna? Well, the fact that... <laughs> No, we, do, we don't like to talk about it, but it was unfortunate. I mean, Thiago Motta had a great appointment, but it was quite unfortunate the way that he took over the reins. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it was always going to be a sensitive decision to sack Sinisa Mihailovic, um, particularly Ooh. when uh, Sinisa was living with leukemia and obviously sadly passed away in December. Not long after. Um, but, uh, yeah, moving on mm. from that as a, as a club, it was... It was difficult. The, the, the board was, uh, you know, accused of being heartless, um, which you know, they said, look, they stood by and supported Sinisa for the last three and a half years when he's been coping um, with leukemia. Um, but they had to put sentiment to one side mm. um, because they'd only won four times in the calendar year. Um, so, yeah, not an easy circumstance in which to deal. But, you know, Tiago Mota has gradually... Um, and quite eclectically made this team pretty good. Why do you say eclectically? Well, because he, remember, he has this stigma, which has kind of followed him around ever since he gave an interview shortly after he began coaching in PSG's Youth Academy, uh, where he said um, the way he sees things, um, you know, teams play 2 7 2. Mm. Um, and people are like, that's mad, Thiago. Um, you know, that's not a formation. And all he was doing was saying, it's a different perspective. You know, you see teams from back to front. I see them from left to right. Hmm. That's the position I have on the sidelines. And Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And But he was completely decontextualized. And it's like, this guy's completely crazy. Um, and, you know, his first senior job working in football coaching was with Genoa, where I think he became one of... 26 coaches to have been sacked by Enrico Preziosi uh, and people should have looked at that and said it's Preziosi this is what happens when you work for him you get sacked after nine games but it's probably quite difficult and discrediting for for, for Thiago who then went to Spezia worked a minor miracle in keeping them up they upset Napoli at the Diego Armando Maradona last season they beat Milan at San Siro I think they were the last team to beat Milan before they became champions um, and he's obviously got the Bologna job. I think at the moment they're seventh or eighth. They've got a shot at qualifying for Europe for the first time since they were in the Intertoto Cup um, two decades ago. Mm. And uh, they beat Inter 
uh, which was, um, you know, if you're not an Inter fan, it was kind of funny because Inter threw away the title by losing at the Renato Dallada against Bologna last season when their backup goalkeeper, Jonat Radu, made a mistake and they made another mistake in this game and, and lost again to Bologna. So, uh, yeah, Thiago Motta very much one to watch but uh, yeah he plays players in weird positions that's his thing like you know he'll play they seem weird to you James but he'll play wingers at centre back he'll mm. play midfielders at strikers 2-7-2 two, 2-7-2 seven, two. Two, seven, two. <laughs> very nice James well I'm glad we did that deep dive yeah there you go we'll be back with more of that kind of thing next Tuesday ahead of more midweek European action of course for now many many thanks to your listener and many thanks too to producer Jesse to Julian, James, Alvaro and Rafa. Catch us maybe on Thursday when we preview the weekend's Premier League action for now from all of us here. It's goodbye. You've been listening to The Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Discover bonus video content by searching for The Totally Football Show on YouTube and see the very latest subscription offers at theathletic.com slash totally. The Totally Football Show is an athletic media company production and sponsored by LiveScoreBet. Get the latest football betting odds at livescorebet.com. It's over 18s only. Please bet responsibly and be gambleaware.org. The Athletic.